It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn and we are looking live. It is a Texas road game. So we're at one of my favorite places, Twin Peaks, the Round Rock Twin Peaks. So if you're in the neighborhood, come on out. We'll be out here till 6.30. It's going to be a damn good time. In the meantime, go Strolls! We'll talk about the Astros winning Game 5, a crucial Game 5 uh, to keep their World Series hopes alive. We'll also get into Texas K-State. We'll talk about the Purple Kryptonite, at least alert the latest version of the Purple Kryptonite. <laughs> also, the Texans come up short versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so we'll get into that coming up next segment. we got your flex at 345. But before we do that, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres to chase his dream in the cheese. Although pimping ain't easy, but this man, it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, man? How you doing? What to do, what to do. H-Town was getting lit last night. You know, it, it was lit. And uh, it was an exciting part of the baseball season. This is where it is. We were at the pivotal game, the rubber match, so to speak, to take a turn. And the Mastros did their thing. We'll get into the Houston Texans as well. But let me talk about a man that is from H-Town. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babers. I appreciate the intro, uh, my man Patrick, back at the ARN compound holding it down. Uh, but you can always reach out to him via Twitter on a 512 Friday. Uh, he is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. My man Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. 512 Friday, of course, we play jams local bands and artists you can hear live right here in the ATX. We'll get back to that conversation. Uh, but let's start things off. Let's not waste any time, Harge. Let's get right to it because the Astros with a thrilling win. I think all of us said we wanted to see a competitive game. Yes, sir. We wanted to see the Astros win, of course. <laughs> but we wanted to see a competitive game. My favorite stat 
of Game 5. 78 different plate appearances in the game. Only one plate appearance in the entire game where the batter didn't have a chance to at least tie the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful part of the game. Oh, that is a, it that's really a great, is. that's an unbelievable oh, stat. That's I mean, my oh, if you want to know the uh, the, the at bat, it was uh, Nick Castellanos uh, plate appearance to lead off the bottom of the eighth. Yeah, he walked. That was yeah. the only plate appearance uh, out of the whole entire game where it didn't have a chance to at least tie the matchup. Yeah, that was a great World Series matchup. It really was. Yeah, and we talked about the pitching matchups. We knew going into it, Justin Verlander trying to get this monkey. Actually, it's a gorilla. La, 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 la. <laughs> Great ape off his back because of the fact that his his career has been wrapped around his success, but the lack of success that he's had in the postseason, and for him to go five innings, four, uh, six strikeouts, uh, four walks, but get to that fifth inning. We talk about it. That's where you get. To, that's where it's decided. You got to go five if you're gonna get a win or you're gonna get a loss, unless you're just getting worked right out of the box. So it is uh, good for him. I'm happy for him. But can we talk about my boy Jeremy Pena? Can uh, yeah. we talk about what my yeah. dog has been doing this entire postseason? Yeah. You know, a lot of people didn't get a chance. We talked about this before, but some of the things he's doing coming into his rookie season. It's amazing. And he's the first rookie to ever hit a home run in the World Series. Rookie shortstop, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. But, I mean, think about that. Think about all the great players that have played the shortstop position that have gone on these little runs. And he's the first one to be able to do so. But not only that, he he's won a gold glove. First rookie shortstop to win a gold glove too, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You look at him and you look at him coming off the, the gold glove. And then he goes out there and makes some spectacular plays already during this World Series. Clutch. And then he comes up clutch at the play. He's, he's got he, the clutch gene. And, it, and he looks unfazed. Yeah. He looks unfazed. You know, he rounds third base last night looking like Michael Jordan. Giving the shoulder shrug like, hey, what else can I do? Man. What more can I say? And he's saying a lot right now. But I also want to give a shout-out to the defensive plays that were made. Uh, the one by Chaz McCormick. Everybody's talking about that. But the biggest one for me was the play by Trey Mancini at yeah. first base. That was and, a hell of a play. And, you know, I heard Coach Todd talking about that this morning. And, and I, as a guy who has played first base, I know what that situation is. Everybody's talking about, well, he was playing so close and it just happened to be there. No, what ended up happening, the best, the beauty of it is there was a runner on first base. And sometimes they always tell us as first basemen, they would say, hey, play behind the runner, hold them tight, but play behind them. That way that runner on first base gets a huge jump. Well, they didn't do that. They held Bryce Harper on right there and Schwarber coming up and hitting that ball as hard as he did at first base. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. And he made that play. And, it, and people were like, oh, he just got lucky. No, he plays first base. Yeah, He can play the position. And he did play the position and made a great play. And that would have been the tying run and go-ahead run right there. Yeah, that would have been a tying run. And he hasn't contributed uh, much on offense, but he can zero on, on offense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but make that that, that play alone. Zero. That play alone makes that deadline, you know, acquisition totally worth it. Uh, mm -hmm. And Chas McCormick, I thought it's a great storyline that all throughout the season, Astros fans like myself uh, and even people on the outside looking in, uh, admirers of the Astros like yourself, talked about that center field position. Yep. How it was, you know, it, essentially it was musical chairs at the center field position for for the Astros. 
else. Dusty was working out something, troubleshooting, experimenting yep. with yep. it. He settles in the World Series on Chaz McCormick, and that was one of the most spectacular plays I don't think I've ever seen, period, yeah. in the field, let alone in the World Series. Um, and this is a guy that's from Westchester, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So what yeah. is he, like 30, 45 minutes from that stadium? He's a Phillies fan. That's also a cool storyline with it, but um, essentially he robbed uh, Real Moto of that ninth inning clutch hit. Yeah, that double to get in scoring position yeah. because it was a great play. And uh, when you look around and see everything as the game played out, we were looking at situational hitting. We were looking at at-bats. There was 18 strikeouts by both teams. Both teams had 18 strikeouts. Yeah. So both teams left runners on base. Mm -hmm. This was a true pitching battle where every pitch mattered. Every situation that you come up and there's a runner in scoring position or you need to get that guy over, they got him over. We talked about the run and hit, hit and run, however you want to look at it. It was clutch. He hit to where? Where? Right field, Rod. Rod, they hit Oppo, baby. Apple. And they got the ball in play, and you got a chance to see runners get in scoring position. It is a fun part about it, and I know a lot of people were checking their heart rate throughout that game because uh, the, the energy was so, so intense and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, this pitch, this pitch. And I know people were freaking out with Verlander, got a, got a home run, giving up on him in the first inning, but he says it. And, Patrick, if you can have this ready, he talked about the game plan of the Philadelphia Phillies and what he thought they did to adjust to him, but what he did to adjust to them. And we, what do you always talk about, Rob? Making that, making those adjustments. You got to make those adjustments when the script run out. Sometimes you got to go up there and make the adjustment right away. And here's Verlander talking about this, by the way, he's talking to his brother, Ben. I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so proud of you. How awesome was tonight? Just awesome. What a, what a, what a, what a game. I mean, it was tough for me, uh, out of sync a little bit to begin with, um, but was able to make pitches when I needed to, was able to really kind of have the slider click for me, the off-speed stuff. Um, you know, obviously early early on realized that those guys were, after last night, I feel like their game plan totally changed where they were like, let's try to get on top of the fastball. We know Justin throws a lot of them, and um, they were trying to tr trying to get to the heater. So. Uh, second time through the lineup, was able to go to the off-speed a little bit more. Um, and thank goodness it was, you know, the work I put in between last start and this one um, worked. The off-speed was there. You know, my last start, the off-speed was horrible. This time it clicked. The slider was there, the curveball was there, and got some huge outs with those pitches. So uh, just, you know, it felt great. How cool was it to get this win with VV a couple right rows there, up? Yeah, and that's the important part right there. The adjustments that were being made initially and then how he adjusted to them and making sure that they stayed off, laid off that breaking ball. He had his slider working. His curveball was on point, and those guys got out of their game plan. How many times did you see Schwarber yesterday take a big cut and go down to a knee? Because he was trying so hard, he thought he had it, but he was giving him the Bugs Bunny curveball. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, he did. He settled down because a couple of times – Got himself in trouble in the second inning. Got himself in trouble. Loaded mm -hmm. bases. Uh, ended up getting out of it with a nice strikeout. And in the third inning also, got himself in trouble a little bit. Uh, but fourth and the fifth inning ended up being perfect for him. Yeah. Found his form. Uh, yeah. And got his first win of the postseason. Uh, sorry, the postseason of the World Series of yeah. his career. Uh, first start for him to get a win in the World Series. So big game for Verlander. 
Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, I, I, now kind of the narrative with the Astros. You know, they're doing this right now, and they haven't won the World Series, so I don't want to jinx them. Don't do that. Uh, but they're up 3-2 in this matchup without Jose Altuve playing very well. Not batting very well. He's batting 185 mm -hmm. uh, without a home run or an RBI in the postseason. Jordan has cooled off, you know, I mean, tremendously because he, yeah. he started out really hot, uh, had those two big bombs. But since game two of the ALDS, he's batting 140, no home runs, um, three RBIs, I believe, in that time span. Yo. Their DHs aren't really coming up clutch form. I think they're batting like 130 as a group. Uh, but the and Astros have scored just in, in the 53 World Series innings. They scored just seven of them. Yeah. Hitting 240 as a team. Yeah, they're three home runs. They not saying they're lucky to be three up three two, but they're making clutch plays in key moments, especially on the defensive side of yeah. things. And you saw that in that matchup last night. It was really the defense. Yeah, that's the story. It's a totally different approach than what we've seen with their success throughout their career. I mean, throughout the playoff run and what they were able to do throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah, they've had to adjust. And, and maybe it's because some of these guys are too aggressive. And I told you that before. Altuve's biggest thing for me is he's not seeing any pitches. My yeah. man is just up there hacking. Hey. It's like Swing he's playing away. in the backyard like we playing wiffle ball. <laughs> I'm like, chill out, man. Take some pitches. I know that's not his M.O., but – you, when you go back and you review the film and you look at what you've been doing wrong, a lot of those are bad pitches. You're not swinging at good pitches. I can see if you were attacking the zone, but he's not even doing that. But then you have some other guys that have kind of stepped up and done a, oh. a, a really good job. And, again, I talked about this yesterday, and I've been talking about it since I came on the air with you uh, last year or this year, earlier this year in baseball season. I kept saying situational baseball in the clutch is where it's at. If you do things the right way, it's like football. Okay. You, you know, we talk about running the ball and playing good, hard defense. If those two things can travel with you, you're going to be okay. It's all about situations and being clutch. And if they can get this to figure it out by tomorrow, you know, get this thing figured out, and maybe Jordan decides, hey, man, I quit trying to hit the ball out of the park and just put good wood on it. You know why? Because I'm strong as hell. Just put the ball in play and quit trying to hit it so hard. Maybe some of those things will start to turn. I know Astros fans are real giddy, but we've been in this situation before where things didn't turn out. We've been ahead 3 2. No, we've been I'm behind 3 2. No, so giddy. change yeah. it, be cool, and just hope these guys can come back and execute a good game plan as they did yesterday. Yeah, like I just gave you the numbers. I mean, it's, it's real tight. Yeah. And like I said, the Astros only scored in seven of the 53 World Series innings and batting 243 home runs. They're yeah. doing it differently. They're finding a way to win. That's what great teams do. It ain't always pretty, and it always ain't got to look exactly how you envisioned it. Not how Astros fans would have envisioned that they'd be up 3-2 in this series. But, hey, you got to find a way to win. And I think I, I had them in six. So yeah. I'm hoping that six games. We all did. Yeah. We, we all had them in six. I had them in six. So uh, I thought you had them in five. I had them in six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, hoping that they can close it out in six. Uh, okay. Uh, here's another stat too, and it actually is something that should give Astros fans a lot of optimism. In the two-three-two format, um, when it, when when it's been tied, the winner of Game Five, which is the Astros, on the road. Before going back home for game six and seven, exact situation the Astros are in, 79% win percentage for the team that wins game five. Yeah. In all seven-game playoff series, 
uh, 2-2, Game 5 winner, 70% of the time they end up winning the series. So either way, the odds are on the Astros' side right now. Let me ask you this. They were the favorite coming into it, too. So, you know, you look at what's yes. been going on. They were the favorite headed into it. They have the better team. We all agree with that. But we also have talked about how hot a team gets. And that is why the Phillies are in this situation because they've been busting people's heads for a while. And now they are getting – they were hot at the right time, kind of like what the Washington Nationals were when they came in and played, kind of like the Atlanta Braves were yep. when they got to the World Series and played the Astros. Astros are trying to break this curse of the hot team coming in to play them. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, is it is, – if it's done right now, obviously, hypothetically, of course, it's not. Um, who's the MVP? Pena. Yeah. Pena. Pena has to be the MVP because yeah. of – the situations and how well he's played overall. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. You know, and, and I know it's, you know, you go from series to series to series, but this series, he looks like he's been in the big leagues for a really long time yeah. compared to some of the other players for the uh, Houston Astros. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think Bregman's been pretty clutch as well, too. Yeah. Bregman's so, been but, I'm, but I would go with Pena right now. I agree with you. I, it's yeah. unbelievable. I don't know. And what's the last time a rookie won? I, I don't think MVP? it has happened. So it'd be something else he's doing. <laughs> I, that. I would definitely look into that, though. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Um, all right. Uh, for those who uh, don't know where we're at, we're looking live. We're hanging out here at uh, Twin Peaks in Round Rock. You can come on out here and join us. Uh, we're going to be out here till 630. Uh, and then, of course, we got the flex coming up after that. But uh, in the meantime, of course, we've got a lot to get into. We'll get back to the World Series discussion. Uh, we also got to get some Texas football discussion. Uh, but before we do that, uh, my man Hard just got a message for the people. Yeah, we're talking about winning championships. And if the Astros can close this down, you make sure you do that with some all-stat beer. Because all-stat is born right here in Fredericksburg, Texas, right in the heart of the Texas Hill Country. The brewery prides itself on its award award-winning German-style beers. The great American Beer Festival just awarded Allstat Lager a gold medal for the second time. So they, they're all about them championships as well. They've just introduced a new Pilsner that's out there. They've also got an amazing fine dining restaurant. And you can, they've got a tap room where you can try different types of flavors. You need to plan your tour today, and you can see it for yourself. Great beer, great food with great friends. Allstat Beer, no impurities, no regrets. Uh, so, shizzle. All right, uh, we, uh, we'll get to some Texas uh, football conversation, like I said, a little bit later on. Next segment, we'll talk some Texans um, and Philadelphia Eagles. They remain undefeated. Texans mm -hmm. actually made it. Made it interesting. They fought. Uh, and, they fought. And yeah, and they, and they, they did not cover. <laughs> they did, uh, and just so you know, they, did not cover. they didn't cover the second quarter either. Yeah, they didn't. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. It's a bad night for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's that short week, man. It At was. Thursday, we talked about it. Thursday we talked night football. About it. Thursday you just can't night. predict it, but they found a way to win it. Uh, let me ask you one more question, uh, World Series related, before we move on. Yeah. Uh, get to some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. We discussed this, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. If the Astros do win another one, knocking on wood, not trying to jinx them or anything. Um, you said if. I said if, You yeah. said if. Start throwing that D word around. Yeah, there you go. Are you going to start throwing that D word around? Dynasty. Dump. For those who got dirty minds. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw that D. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw that D Are out you gonna, there. You going to throw it out there? Oh, yeah. You think the Astros got that big D They, big got, D that, they got that BDE. <laughs> they got that BDE. Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, I, I, okay. So this is the – some will go the other way with this, right? We've all talked about it because they haven't won multiple – 
uh, championships, saying, if, right? If they, if win, they do, then I would have to say yes. And the reason being is because they've been there more than anybody else. When you think about the last, what, they went four years five, in a row? Five, six Five years, out of six? I mean, five, they've been yeah. in the mix the entire time. And, you, and they replaced people. That's the they, other they, part of it. They basically got five, I think, was it five guys on the roster from the champion, last championship yeah, team? Yeah, like so you start yeah. looking at and some of them didn't even participate when they won because good point. people were hurt throughout yeah. that time. They may have been on the roster, but they weren't part of the party. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So when you – I remember they were – I was here in Round Rock, and they were asking Kyle Tucker about the scandal. Right, they were like, "Oh, there's scandals going on." Kyle Tucker's like, "Y'all know I'm right here in AAA. I have nothing to do with it. I'm not part of any of that. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Uh-huh. So, what are you saying to me? Why are you yeah. asking me about this?" Great point. And it's the same thing now. Like, you can't look at the all the other players that were part of it that have benefited from it as well, whether it was true or false. They benefited. Start talking about it, yeah. and now you've moved on. And this is a new group of guys. Carlos Pena, I mean, uh, Pena is a rookie. New guy. yeah. Coming up through the, the system. And it's arguably the most valuable player and for him. Could be the most valuable yeah. player. Uh, Jordan Alvarez came to them in a trade. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't part of this. But Kyle Tucker was here in AAA, AA, AAA balling. So you look at this entire team and what they were able to do and continue to show up. I'm putting them in as a dynasty well, because they just reload. I, I, I you know what? I'm gonna say dynastic. You know what I mean? And That's if they fair. Win, if they win the second one, you can start certainly start throwing it around. Matter of fact, I got a quote here from. That's why I said they got to win it. This is <laughs> oh, no, no question about it. Obviously, this is all hypothetical, and right. you know, we're not trying to jinx the trolls. Um, but it, Alex Bregman, he was like, "This would mean the world to me to win a second, put you in a special place. It's everything." Um, and here is what uh, Ryan Presley said. He said, "I mean, we don't really care what fans think." Everywhere we go, we get booed. It, Houston versus all y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and H-Town versus everybody. But to your point, though, Jeremy Pena is young. I right, just yep. a rookie. Um, hell, you go look at the pitching. Christian Javier, Valdez, yes. Harold, Jose, your career, they're probably, on, they're probably locked up to a 2026. You're probably going to extend Javier at, at, yeah. as soon as possible. Uh, Lance McCullers, uh, Luis Garcia, yep. those guys are free agents, what, in 2027? Locked in. Hunter Brown, you still got. I mean, you, rookie, it's, you, you, rookie you still, Hunter Brown. So to the point about the dynasty thing, if you don't want to throw it, use the, the, the D word, right? They got that B-D-E, the big D energy. If you don't want to use that word with the Astros yet, they're not done necessarily. No, they're not. They got, and they got some monsters in AAA that yeah, are coming up too. Yeah, that have is, got this, those moments where they come in and out. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It might just be in the midst of it. Whether well, it's the end of it. So everybody, <laughs> the one that everybody goes to is the Atlanta Braves, right? The Atlanta Braves, I was part of that dynasty that they were going through. But people don't want to give them the dynasty because they only won one, one World Series. Yeah, you can't give it to them. You, you, you got to have multiple. You don't have the BDE with yeah. only one title. Right. You can't. No. That's why this is so important. That's why Alex Bregman said what he said about how important this would be because the critics. Well, and the first one is tainted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it, you it, could put still, your little asterisk it there. Okay. Counts, but but it, it's tainted. A, them rings look beautiful, and yeah. I'll be sporting that thing, whether it's yeah. 
tainted or not. Oh, no, no, no. You're I'm right. rocking Hey, the, the, the rings are still real. The diamonds are still real. <laughs> yeah. They still shine. They glisten every time exactly. he said. Exactly. So I ain't hating on that. They but, like Paul yeah. Wall with his mouth with his but, grills. Hey, as an Astros fan, I'll tell you, yeah, it's tainted. We're, yeah. We say what we want to say, but we all know that. That's yeah. just the truth. You got to win a second one so that you can silence some of the haters. For sure. And then you can be more in the, the – the Patriots category, not that you're a dynasty like the Patriots, no. but the conversation and narrative around the Patriots is, yes, they cheated, but st- they probably would have won one anyway. Because they multiple had that anyway, much Because they were that damn good. And I think that's what you're going to start saying about the Astros. Yeah, they did cheat, but hell, man, they probably was going to win one or two anyway. But uh, to your point, Rob, <laughs> right? what they just said, they, they not one person, a talking head across Major League Baseball, the one thing that they've all said, mm-hmm. they're the most talented team. We agree. They they all say that. Yep. So when sometimes when you got talent and these guys have been working their tails off to get back to this to prove everybody wrong, they're the only ones over 100 wins that still rode it all the way through. Yeah. They Look. continue. That pitching staff has been dirty for so long. Those big bats that they've had have been clutch. They are the most talented team, and I know. And not, not all of the bats have been clutched. And nobody, oh, exactly. Al- they only got five runs clutch. in one inning. Yeah, Altuve had been clutched. Yardon had, had been right. clutched lately. Right. But it's, you know, the it's situation. Been situation. Yeah, you're right. They're just, they're, they're clutching situations. They're in situation. Uh, no question about it. Uh, all right, uh, tomorrow on the mound, Fran Valdez versus Zach Wheeler. Uh, How many times do you think they're going to check Frammer during this game? You know, everybody's been talking about it. Checking his glove, checking his hand, checking his hair. Yeah. How many times do you think they're going to try to do something? The clip went viral of him. Yeah. Just massaging the ball. Yeah. He was loving on that ball, Sometimes he was thinking. You know, sometimes you you got to think through your process. He was molesting that ball. Yeah. He was doing some things to that baseball. Even as an Astros fan, I'm wondering, like, what are you doing to that ball? Strike three. That's <laughs> no, what you're doing. Hey, I know it yeah. ain't any legal. I'm still wondering, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing to that ball? I know I it ain't any legal, but what's going on there? <laughs> uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into some Houston Texans, Philadelphia Eagles discussion. Texans put up a fight. They still fall short. We'll get into that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are looking live, ladies and gentlemen, for one of my favorite places on the planet. We are here at Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks in Round Rock. So you can come out here and hang out with us. Uh, of course, we'll be out until 6.30, but it is a great spot to enjoy uh, all of your uh, football festivities. Um, so come on out here to the Round Rock location of Twin Peaks. Uh, we are actually joined by some uh, royalty as well. Some Longhorn royalty here in the building. Lifetime. Uh, legendary Lifetime yeah. Longhorn Kenny Sims. is just hanging out, kicking a little bit. So, I don't know. We, we, we may get him on, but maybe not. And Lifetime Longhorn Norm Watkins here hanging out as well, kicking it, having some good, having good time, just talking some balls. So, uh, we're surrounded by uh, uh, family and having a good time out here at Twin Peaks, the Round Rock location. So, come on out here if you're in the neighborhood until uh, 630. All right, so uh, let's talk about the Texans yep. falling, up, falling short versus the Eagles. 
I was wrong. I thought the Eagles would be able to cover that number. They came up uh, yeah, a little bit short of covering that number. I think it was 14 by the time yeah. uh, the game kicked off. That was a favorite by 14. The Texans started off you know, actually hot, kind of like Davis Mills. Uh, and that was kind of the story. He cooled off significantly. He was 8 of 9 in the first half. Uh, with two touchdowns, mm-hmm. and 147 passer rating. Pep Hamilton had a brilliant opening script. Oh, my goodness. It was it really was. It, it was, was beautiful. Yeah, and they forced a turnover early. Got yep. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, by the way, who has the fewest turnovers any quarterback in the league, turned the ball over. That was unlikely in the first half. Kept the Texans in it. And one thing I was right about, been right about all season, Damian Pierce, I said he'd bounce back. If you're a fantasy owner, you should probably – Double down on Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Man, 27 rushes for 139. Did you know? Okay, so I started doing some deep dives about this. Man, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen pulled a Tom Herman. Where basically had like an elite back in his backfield and just wouldn't give him the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know? How about this? Damian Pierce never played more than 23 snaps in a single game at Florida under Dan Mullen. Not good. And they say he never played more Not than 23 good. snaps in a single game. <laughs> he only got 15-plus touches twice. And See, now this guy is balling out in the NFL. He's, he's got 41 forced missed tackles only behind Nick Chubb. See, and that's, that's the thing. When you sit – and these are some of the things that you and I have been talking about doing? with some of the other backs <laughs> that we see every single day. Why are you not using them to the best of their ability? He probably would have been drafted higher if he would have got exposed a little bit more. Man, Dan Mullen might, still have, a, he might a job. still have a job. Yeah, Bush Davis did that with Alvin Kamara, I think. Oh, my goodness. Like he wouldn't give him the ball. Anyway, but yeah, and Tom Herman, of course, yeah. famously uh, with Bijan. But thank, thank God he obviously ignored Bijan his freshman year because <laughs> Tom Herman might still be here, as yeah. we all know. Oh, man. Uh, but, yes, I, I was something else I did uh, research on that I thought was interesting about the Texans. The Texans have played tw- 2,055 snaps already. That's, That's a beautiful second thing. second in the NFL. You know who's played the, the most rookie snaps? Oh. This is going to blow your mind. Seattle. Wow, that is. Think that about is- that. Seattle guys have played the most rookie snaps in the NFL. So on top of think about that. So right now Seattle, man, I'm not, I'm not going to go on a Seattle rant here, um, but <laughs> just think about something that's blowing everybody's mind. They won the Russell Wilson trade. Traded Russell Wilson. Wait, Correct. Got multiple first round picks in the next draft. Yep. They got multiple first round picks in the next draft. They right now are leading that division with Geno Smith, their starting quarterback, and they're playing more rookies than any team in the league right now. That's that's hilarious. I can't believe what? that that is what <laughs> has been going on with them. It, like, I mean, because you sit and you think about who it is because Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett and those guys have been getting all the love. Yeah. But you look at the secondary and what they've been doing with oh. Wooden, Woodland from uh, San oh, UTSA yeah. making all the plays. He's a rookie. He's an all-pro. He's a rookie, man. Right. Yeah. So you start looking at some of those, then I'm like, yeah, you're right, bro. Wow. Yeah. Don't, so sorry. I noticed the Texans. No, I like it. I like it. Knowledge is king. Right? That just yeah. blew me away. Yeah. Uh, but you you were right. They did not uh, perform well in the second quarter like the Eagles have been doing all season long. That's been pretty much an outlier, a historic outlier for mm-hmm. them. Uh, but, yeah, the Texans uh, – this has been the case for them all season long. Right. And, that, you know, this is why we probably should have not bet, but at least picked the Texans to keep it within the number. They've been in every game this year. Yes. Yes. They've always been in every game. They've been continued every game. to push the, the the defense has always played well. You talked about Davis Mills, the way he was rotating and doing the play fakes and rolling out and making strong throws. 
And then you were looking at the wide receiver. We were talking about Philip Dorsett and him oh, being yeah. able to get out there. He That's balled good. yesterday. That was a, yeah, he right. played good yesterday. He did play well. So he was spreading the ball around, getting it to the tight ends. I mean, he, they did have a great game plan to start the game off. They did, yeah. yeah. But when the script was over, second, yeah. <laughs> second half for Davis Mills, um, I think he was 5 of 13, two interceptions mm-hmm. in 64 yards, so a tail of two halves for Davis Mills. Um, and that really was kind of a microcosm for the Texans. They just didn't have enough talent overall. Um, and even the coaches, too, I think they were outcoached in the second half. 29-17 loss. And I'll say this, too, Jordan Davis missed the game who was the defensive tackle for yep. the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Man, and now you start adding up the reps that he played. So when Jordan Davis is on the field, got this from Pro Football Focus, when he was on the field, they're only allowing 4.3 yards per rush. When he is off the field, 6.3 yards per rush. Yeah. And you saw with him not being available what Damian Pierce did. So it, with the Eagles, I mean, if you're the Cowboys looking at it, that's when you want to run on the Eagles. Yeah. And Jordan Davis is not out there. Um, they also, the Eagles had a – Great uh, game from Dallas, Dallas, Go- Dallas Goddard. He was fantastic. Eight receptions, mm-hmm. 100 yards, and a touchdown. They kept running uh, Tampa 2 on third downs, and the seam route was wide open between the cornerback and the safety. Even uh, Wade Phillips mentioned that via Twitter. So uh, the Texans, that's something they got to work on. That was exploited. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the safety for this, the Eagles, this is worth mentioning too. He now has five interceptions in the last four games. He had, prior to those last four games, those five interceptions in the last four games, he had five interceptions in 40, actually in 51 games prior to that. Really? So the man is eating right now. Yeah. So uh, he's helping that Eagles defense, which I, right now I think the turnover margin still leading the NFL in turnover margin, uh, even after that turnover they had um, with uh, Jalen Hurts in the first half of that game. So Eagles, once again, undefeated, but they did look beatable. Right. And they, they've looked, like we said, they've looked beatable all year long. Honestly, the truth is, t- aside from the Texans game, they are not a great first quarter team. They're not a great fourth quarter team. They're not even really a great adjustment quarter team, which is the third quarter. Um, but they're just an awesome second quarter team. And they weren't versus the Texans, but usually that's just where they win games. It'd be interesting to see a team um, force them to play a four-quarter game and see if Philly can match up. And I, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you got to be feeling good because I think the Dallas Cowboys with Dak can beat Philly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I Well, I, I think – And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's a guarantee. I'm just no, saying no, 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 no. I think Dallas has a chance to beat them because of their defense and really because of their running game. Yeah, I sit here today and I look at this team and I say the, the Philly team. And everybody was high on them. I've been high on them. I didn't get a chance to go through my – I picked my, them winning that division. Right. I didn't, get a, yeah. I didn't get a chance to go through my power rankings this week because we've been so busy and had such great guests. But I still have them as number one in my power ranking because they're undefeated. They're, they're the undefeated team, and no matter who they're playing, they still have to go out there. We've seen letdowns from other teams, and they didn't handle their business, so their record is not what the Philadelphia Eagles' record is. Yeah. But with that being said, you can see where there are some flaws and where they can be exploited. Oh, no question. And if, if the right team or if the right group of uh, – the right team gets in front of them, it can happen. Yeah. You can definitely see that happen. I think that right now, like I said, it's more glaring without Jordan Davis. But if the Texans can run on the Philadelphia Eagles, 
the Cowboys can definitely run on the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, for sure. And the problem with that is the Cowboys are very susceptible to the run. Can I, you know what, since we're, we're transitioning to the Cowboys real quick, I'll give you a number about them because much like Jordan Davis is an impact force multiplier for them on rush defense, Jonathan Hankins, okay, so he played 33 snaps in that game versus the Bears. Yeah. With him on the field. Just kind of getting to exactly what, because Philadelphia, that's who the Cowboys got to worry about in that division, of course. And I think they both have the same issue. I think their rush defense leaves them vulnerable. Jordan Davis helps it tremendously in Philadelphia. But the Jonathan Hankins trade, even though Cowboys fans are upset, they didn't get a sexier splash uh, by the trade deadline. Man, that Jonathan Hankins trade at the time, and I told Harge and I, we loved that trade. It was a great yep, move. They perfect. needed that move because they needed a just a, a pure run defender. With him on the field versus the Bears, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery combined for 11 rushes for just 39 yards. Three and a half yards per rush. That was huge. Minuscule, nothing. Yep. Without him on the field, 20 rushes for 113 yards, 5.7 yards per rush. He's a difference maker. Just got to get to the point where he can play more reps for you. Right. And then you're able to kind of compensate for his obviously for his lacking or the void that he leaves when he's not playing on the field. And you can schematically game plan around that uh, using different personnel. And I, I think that just using situationally, right, depending on the down, the distance, standard downs, things of that nature, I do think the Cowboys made a – it was a home run trade. That was a hell of a move by them. And to me, that will be the biggest story when the Cowboys meet the Eagles again. I agree, I agree with you 100% about that being an impactful and not – being a big splash where everyone got excited. I, I, I too, was still looking for that Brandon uh, Cooks trade or somebody like that. Not the Cowboys fault, we found out. Right, That right. was Nick Casario screwed that up. Of, of course. Yep. Of course. He wanted he wanted a second and a fourth, and he wanted the team to pay $18 million yeah. for it. Like, right. What? Yeah, you can't do that. That was bad business. That was deal, bad. Right? You shouldn't have signed up to an extension, that, Casario. That's bad faith right there yeah, as bad. well. So you sit there and you look at – how this all went down, and you're like, okay, what what is going to be the big if impactful uh, trade throughout this off season? I mean, throughout this season, and I I believe in what you said when you look at what he can bring defensively, get his reps up with the depth that the Cowboys already have at that position too. That's true. They do so they can run them across, kind of like what we were talking about with the University of Texas, how their defensive line is better than what people believe, but the numbers bear out that. They're very effective. Cowboys are the exact same way. You, you look across the front and what they've been able to do, that is why the quarterback has been having a lot of issues for other teams because they are in that backfield so much. All right, Cowboys fans, so we're talking about the running game being a difference between you and the Eagles. I'm going to give you a stat that is going to make you want to take off your pants. How about this? Whoa. I'm talking about running backs who average more – than three yards after contact per carry. So there's 16 running backs in the NFL right now averaging over three yards after contact per carry with a minimum of 20 carries, right? We're talking about legit, uh, you know, threats. And you said there's 16 of them. There's 16 of them. Okay. I I think I know where you're going with this. Tony Pollard has the highest Mm -hmm. yards after contact per carry. Yep. Uh, The guys on this list are Aaron Jones, Khalil Herbert, Nick Chubb, um, I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry's on this list, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. You get it, right? The yep. who's of who. Nobody averaging a higher yards after contact per carry than Tony Pollard. And what's his number again? Five yeah. yards after contact per carry. Yeah. 
<laughs> think we're good. According to, uh, yeah, this is for football. Oh, sorry, yeah, Sports Info Solutions. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Hey, I'm just so. I know Jerry is still. And I, I'm not saying you can't. You, you need to use both of them, and I agree with that. But I think Jerry still is caught up in this belief because Zeke is a bigger name and a bigger brand. Of course, being paid bigger bucks. Um, that somehow that correlates to him being a better player, and it's not. Right. Uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know when he's going to figure it out, but it. it right, just it, keep it, it what it is right now because we're seeing success. No, no, you keep what it. Well, you keep what it is, but he, someone needs to get more touches than the other one. And That's situationally, fair. someone needs to be schemed into more explosive situations, well, well, right, for, well. by the offensive coordinator. Because oh, it, you, your, your guy, Kellen Moore? So you got to start designing I don't know when, it up? I don't know when you're going to give him some props because he is Still designing not. it up. Still not. I know you want to – you didn't see the three personnel. I'll give you another stat about the Cowboys. That's great. The three personnel package, you know, zero running backs, three tight ends. They uh-huh. broke it out versus the Bears. See, y'all want to talk about how Kellen Moore is not creative. Prior to, and they, they had no huddle for six straight plays, and they went with three personnel, just three tight ends. I said zero running back, three tight ends. There have only been five snaps the entire season of three personnel across the entire NFL so far. That boy broke it out for six straight plays, no huddle. Okay. That's creativity. Let me see what he does a, against a, a team. Put a ton of pressure on the Bears because they tried, the Bears. To, they tried to match up. Bears are an in, in totally incompetent defense. But They're not very good. You, it's, it's all, <laughs> you keep saying how much you like the Cowboys offense, but doesn't you don't want to give the guy that's called the plays credit. No, not, not even close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I am not a, he is not a fan favorite when sense. it comes to him. Well, I just think like, they start giving Tony Pollard the ball more. I do think that yeah. offense, it'll – continue to get better and better um but the cowboys on a bye week right now so we're not talking a ton about the cowboys yeah um but um they just say natural segue from texans to eagles to the cowboys i want to give you all those little nuggets okay i appreciate that though because that is some good nuggets right Mm -hmm. yeah cowboys are looking good and he got a chance to get healthy yep um in their bye week so we'll talk more about the cowboys of course next week but like i said they got a bye week coming up we'll get into our flex on the other side the flex crew is working real hard as a matter of fact we're off early for the flex uh coming up at 6 30 uh but the crew is working real hard there were some uh records broken records. yesterday a lot of games played because they move all the games up because of uh the inclement weather that, mm-hmm. that was expected today so we'll get to all of those scores we'll also get to those records that were broken and let you know what's going on on the flex right here on ball don't lie we're live from twin peaks the round rock location come on out here and join us if you're in the neighborhood right here on ball don't lie on 104 the horn Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live from one of my favorite places. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are hanging out here at Twin Peaks, the Round Rock location. So if you're in the neighborhood, come on out. Get the weekend started early. A lot of folks already started to do that, and uh, Twin Peaks is the spot for it. We'll be out here until 6.30. We'll get you up to the flex. Speaking of flex, Harge, uh, we got the flex segment here. Uh, FLXATX.com is where you need to go. Uh, also go to FLXATX on all your social media platforms. Yesterday, a lot of games got moved up, moved around because of the weather, uh, Harge. And, uh, oh, actually, let me get this on. 
512 Friday. There it is. We play jams from our local bands and artists you can hear live right here in the ATX. I apologize, Patrick. Who we got right now? This is uh, the Selfless Lovers, and they are playing uh, tonight at the Cactus Cafe. And who did we have last segment? Because I obviously uh, last segment about was that. personality <laughs> contest. Uh, that is, uh, they're playing Saturday at Swan Dive. And if you miss any, we'll I post them up on the blog here shortly, and you can see all those bands. All right, thank you very much, Patrick. I apologize. I'm distracted here at Twin Peaks. You <laughs> probably know why. Uh, we don't need to discuss that any further. Uh, let's get to the uh, flex segment here. Uh, yesterday, big uh, news finally happened. LBJ senior running back Cedric Alexander broke the Austin ISD rushing record. Yep. Uh, the record was previously held by uh, – uh, was it Mobile Car? Yeah, Mobile Car from that yeah, ended up playing Reagan. at the University of Houston. Yes, yes. Uh, for Reagan, which is now Northeast Early College, I believe. Uh, but he broke the record, um, and uh, Craig Way was on the call, so it's a beautiful thing. Got a chance to hear it uh, on uh, the Austin Radio Network, which is a beautiful thing. But LBJ against Crockett, I mean, he beat him 49-0. Uh, their last five district games, they yeah. won 386. To zero. Shout out to Mike Barnes throwing it out there. Yeah, they 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 yeah. were they've been very impressive, is to say the least, right? Dominant. They've been getting after it and, and destroying people wow. right away. That's and it's, they leave no doubt. And it's not like they're doing it to run people run they're, it up. They're taking their starters out by halftime. Exactly. Think about it. That. Cedric Alexander probably could have broke that record in game uh, three, four, or five. No, well, you know what I'm saying. Easily in game three or four. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because he wouldn't have been playing. I, I mean, agree. he hadn't been playing. If he played three quarters of those games, yeah, four or five, I agree. He breaks. Yeah, it he would have and put it completely out of reach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he was. I mean, yeah, you're right about that. That's a great point, but. Um, they're obviously looking really sharp, so congrats to Cedric Alexander. And he's headed to Vanderbilt, by the way, for yes. those who don't know. He's a Vanderbilt commit. Uh, and go to our podcast page because we got a chance to interview him a couple weeks ago. Prior to him even being able to break the record, we interviewed him. And very, very sharp young man, uh, hence the reason why he's going to Vanderbilt. Uh, it, <laughs> obviously. Uh, yeah, no, he is a, he's a hell of a player, too. So uh, looking forward to his career. Speaking of, I'm sure he's going to be represented uh, our all-flex mm-hmm. watch list, uh, which is going to turn into our all-flex team. We're getting ready to uh, finalize our all-flex team. We got a system that I think they're coordinating. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I don't know exactly what the dead drop date is, but uh, we're in the process of doing that behind the scenes. So just uh, for everybody's, so everybody knows, go check out the All Flex watch list at flxatx.com. That's what we're going to use yeah. to make up our All Flex teams coming up. Uh, shout out to my man Snoop Snoop, J.J. Dunn, always doing a great job. Uh, he has uh, at flexatx.com, flxatx.com. Thursday finals up there. Uh, Westlake beat Buda Johnson 70-7. to uh, uh-huh. Temple 69 Wait. Westlake, 50 straight wins. Have not lost 50 yeah. straight dubs. That's worth dubs. mentioning. That's definitely that's worth, worth mentioning. mentioning. Yeah, 50 <laughs> straight dubs. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. impressive. Uh, Temple with a 69-7 uh, win, win over Coppers Cove. Uh, Cuero, 49-7 win over LaGrange. Vandegrift. 56 uh, to 10 win over Westwood. LBJ, we just talked about them beating Crockett 49 to 0. And in Northeast, uh, beating Navarro 13 to 4. Also up there is my man Snoops, 
Uh, Snoop flexes Big Ten uh, from the 6A, basically top 10 teams in yep. 6A, top uh, teams in 5A as well. Um, so go check that out at flxatx.com. And one of the best games of the night last night was the Huddle-Weiss game. Huddle ended up beating Weiss 41-38. to Big time football being played up here in this area. So shout out to Hutto with the victory over Weiss yesterday. Yeah, man, you're right about that. And we get ready for playoff football yep. too. So uh, we all know that uh, playoff football here take ratchets it up a notch. It's already a lot on the line when you're talking about Texas football. But uh, Texas yeah. playoff football, certainly a, uh, a another level. Oh, uh, Real quick, I uh, also, man, the Flex crew is doing a lot. So shout out yep. to J.J. Don, Snoop Stoop, my man Derek Cohen working hard. Uh, Zach Lucero over there working really hard too. Uh, Nolan the Seed, the seed. working really hard. Uh, they also have the uh, Flex uh, watch this for the volleyball players, uh, our local volleyball players. So real quick, uh, yesterday we did the setters. Uh, today the pin hitters, uh, the finalists for our all-flex team for volleyball, McKenzie uh, Plante, uh, 2023 yep. prospect out of Dripping Springs, Tennessee commit actually, 3.7 kills per set and 60 aces on the season heading into the playoffs, uh, Logan Brandon, 2023 prospect out of Lake Travis, 6-2, Notre Dame commit, um, and her mom actually is a, a UT volleyball coach, an assistant yep. coach for the volleyball team, 426 kills, 20 blocks, uh, and that group's headed to the playoffs, her team's headed to the playoffs, uh, Emma Patman, 2023 prospect out of Cedar Ridge, Lafayette College commit, uh, broke the school record for 601 kills. Uh, yeah. 433 digs and 40 aces this year. Julia Hopkins, 2024 prospect out of Westwood, Angelo State commit. Uh, Snoop uh, is one of his sleeper picks. Uh, so Snoop was uh, on this one early, 462 kills and 258 digs heading to the playoffs. And then Kayla Lopez, uh, 2023 prospect out of Rouse, uh, going to San Jose State, or at least committed right now to San Jose State. Uh, really, man, only five, only, but five foot five. Yeah. All right. Usually volleyball players, they're all they all tower above me. They got me. that length. Uh, not Kayla Lopez, uh, but uh, what she doesn't have in height, she makes up for in a vert. Apparently, uh, she can. She's got some boingoings. Yeah. Right? She can jump. <laughs> uh, 408 kills, 442 digs on the season so far with 40 aces for Kayla Lopez. So uh, go check out flxatx.com or flxatx on all of your social media platforms. All right, we'll come back. We we'll come back. We got into some Texas football discussion. Texas versus K State. We'll break it down i got a question from my man hard let's do uh, it and then we'll all uh, talk text, uh, the purple kryptonite how does texas overcome it all of that and more right here on ball don't lie on 104.9 the home